I saw he tweeted today. Uh, it was a picture of him laying in bed, and he said, "Lazy Sundays, my bed's better than yours, and you know it, or something." Like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good for him. Yeah, he's like my uh, inverted belt hangers Ooh. I made over there. You made those inverted belt hangers? No, I just literally put some Velcro up. And... So is that, is that <laughs> supposed to be the, the blue universal title? Yeah, so I got the uh, AEW title up there right now, and then uh, the universal title up there. And then I, it kind of looks, it looks, uh, real, it looks like really light. Does it look like kind of like a lighter blue? Or is it just the lighting? Or just the lighting. Uh, it almost kind of looks like... Oh, okay. From from back there, it almost looked like the baby blue background of like the Warrior mm-hmm. Winged Eagle title. Uh, gotcha. But... No, I have to get up and play. Oh, I'm sorry. My fault. <laughs> well, while Kevin's doing that, welcome everybody to the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. We come to you each and every week, for the most part, with all three of us sometimes, to bring to you the very best from WWE, AEW, NXT, uh, and so on and so forth. And also we'll talk about other things in the wrestling community like Dark Side of the Ring, things of that nature. So, if you're new to the show, make sure you follow us on our Twitter account, which is the at symbol followed by L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. M-O-U-S-E. That is at Live Your Gimmick. Thank you, Michael, for that. Uh, my name is Jason. We have Michael. We have Kevin. All three of us are here this week. Michael skipped um, out on us you last have, week. You, you mean you have the new. Oh, my God. I mean new live and worldwide champion. Yes. Thank you very much. The, the new live and worldwide champion, Kevin, who's going to apparently give Michael and I a challenge for a number one contendership. Um, so we'll, we'll see We'll see how that plays out here later on in the show. So uh, before we get to that, let's um, I guess let, let's talk a little bit about uh, pro wrestling and, and some of the shows that happened this week. Uh, nothing too big. So we had the start of the, uh, the WWE draft, but that came on Friday. Monday was kind of more about wrapping things up and kind of starting anew and you know we got a little bit of new day action um you know it opened up with the uh, the wwe championship match between big e and and lashley like kevin and i were talking a little bit about this last night or last week because we were watching it as we were recording uh but uh, yeah, yeah right <laughs> it was it was riveting yeah, sometimes mike yes <laughs> very, like, very, very riveting. Riveting. half was because you guys spent like five minutes at a time in silence just watching wrestling <laughs> it wasn't in well, silence i, hoping, I definitely commented jason, jason was behind and i was watching it live so i was almost hoping he was live because i was like oh we could watch along because i knew the main event was gonna be a cage match so between uh, Biggie and Lashley, so I was almost hoping like, hey, let's just do an inadvertent, you know, like watch along, but yeah. it didn't work out. It didn't work out. I never got caught up enough. I, I was just a little it's bit a behind him. Slacker. I know, right? <laughs> but we did see the reemergence of the Hurt business, so I'm really hoping we get some explanation to that on what? What was that? Static. Static. <laughs> okay, st- I'm. It looked like you were groping breasts, so that's why I, I was mean, really he was. This is not that. static for the record. This is, <laughs> hey, this is titties, not static. All right, so I'm thinking it has something to do with my my cord to my microphone. Let me know if it you gets know, any get, better. Why don't you guys get your Why don't you guys get your minds out of the gutter? You know, be well, professional. Be professional like I am. I just assume that this challenge out. you're giving us is going to be who can helicopter the best, like the player. <laughs> 
Well, I, I mean, I, I, it's it's funny that you know, the universal signal for static isn't honking boobs, but you know that's. I was going like this. <laughs> no, you didn't. Like this. You were like this. No, you were like this. Well, you, you didn't do the Scott Hall fingers. Yeah. You did the you did the full breast honk. You went ooga. <laughs> Our, well, that would be our code for <laughs> Jason static. All right, is it still bad or is it has it gotten better? It's there, but it's not as bad. There, but yeah, not as bad. Right. Well, I'm gonna apologize to the listeners of this episode if you do hear a little static on my end. I apologize. I don't know what's going on. I could go through the process of restarting my entire computer, but that just takes way too much time. And uh, I'd like to get this podcast finished recording before 11:30 tonight. So that's uh, that's that's a goal. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we were watching last week's show, and we saw the return of the hurt business. So I, I hope we get some explanation for that this Monday, which would be tomorrow. So most of you who listen to the show probably will be have, have will be watching Raw or already watched Raw by the time you listen to this because of, of when it posts. But um, but yeah, so what you what do you think of that surprise? I mean, I'm happy that they're back, but then Friday fucking killed it. So it was like, oh well, there goes the excitement for it because they the half or two thirds of the new day got drafted to SmackDown. So. The excitement of oh yeah, New Day versus Hurt Business. This is gonna be fucking cool. No. Yep. Yeah, they did kind of. So we can't have away. nice things. Well, There's I mean, one we can, show every or this week that gives us nice things. We can we can still we can still get we can still get it twice though because it the changes don't take effect till after Crown Jewel. So all the draft changes that they made don't take effect right away. So after Crown Jewel is where everybody starts on their new shows. I thought Crown Jewel doesn't count. Yeah, Crown Jewel was supposed to be not can't be canon, <laughs> except for the fact that it ruins everything that is currently canon. Uh, well, apparently this year it's counting, and that's what they're doing is, is starting everything after Crown Jewel. So Crown uh, they Jewel must not been paid yet, so they're like the, the the prince doesn't get to to book the show. Yeah, evidently not. So maybe that was uh, maybe that was part of the deal last time he didn't pay. Was that all right? We're taking over booking responsibilities. No more. No more legends Just, other than Goldberg. We're still more Vince sits in the room while he plays with his toys, and he's like, this is what I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what the Saudi shows feel like. They That's... literally feel like a child with their action figures just booking their own like little show there. That wouldn't be a bad way to book a show. Listen, you don't, don't even know, because then you're getting into that Matt Cardona like, <laughs> bullshit. Dude, Matt Cardona performed this weekend like literally – five minutes from us at the Tadmore Shrine in Akron, Ohio. Like, uh, Kevin and I should have... still didn't go see him? Kevin and I should have gone, but we didn't. <laughs> I think they were... They were um, I think we looked at tickets uh, last week after we got out the air, but I think they were sold out, right? Because they were only selling, like, 300 tickets. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. I, I think they were, they were already sold out, so... Yeah, we Good both for had... him. He's finally able to sell out an arena. Right. <laughs> an arena. It's it's more like a it's more like a bingo <laughs> hall than it is an yeah, arena. I, mean, <laughs> I was going to say, even if it's the size of an elementary school gym, yeah, he sold it out. I, I just, I mean, let's be honest. It'd be the same thing as WWE always breaking the records for the attendance at all these arenas they're at. So and this is Matt Cardona's <laughs> version of that. That's true. That's true. He does like to copy everything they do, so I can see it. Oh yeah, he's, he's basically <laughs> just a Vince McMahon for himself. Right. All right. So, um, so yeah. Other than that, Monday Night Raw. You know, we had the cage match for the WWE title, which was fun. Um, I'm trying to think of some other stuff that happened on Raw. It happened so long ago that uh, it's it's kind of twisted up in my head. Um, um, go ahead, Kevin. Shannon Baszler. Oh yeah. Marie's arm arm into the 
yeah. fucking ground. Yeah, they're trying. Got cheered. And got cheered big time. Yeah, they're trying to make Shane Baszler heal. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just a, they hate Eden Marie right. so bad. Yeah, so. I feel like if they would have put her in there with like virtually anyone else, probably would have got a different reaction. Yeah. But they're like, we're gonna put Eva Marie in there, and they're just like, stop her face in next. Well, people hate Nia Jax too, so her taking out Nia Jax got her no, no, no yeah. heel heat either. They she got cheered for that too, so. Well, it's, at that point, she's just lucky that it wasn't the reverse. Yeah, true. Good point. But I think people are yeah, waiting but... for this this version of Shayna Baszler, though. We want this badass Shayna Baszler. We want the Shayna Baszler we saw in NXT who would go into the locker room and just start beating the shit out of the women for just, just because she, she felt like she could, who bullied and intimidated Dakota Kai. Like, we want that Shayna Baszler, and it seems like, hopefully, finally, we're getting that Shayna Baszler, and I'm all for it. <laughs> I went to Shane Baszler that won the women's Royal Rumble when she fucking took everybody out. I mean, she was choking fucking yeah. bitches out left and right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then she, you know. Well, that was the Elimination Chamber she won for that, wasn't it? I don't think she won the Royal Rumble. Yeah, she didn't win the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Re- she did. No, remember they had that women's Elimination Chamber and she literally just yeah, went in and she yeah. choked everybody yeah. out? Yeah. You got, the, you got the right premise, just wrong event. So Yeah, because um, like she's never been in the main event for the women's title at WrestleMania, to my knowledge. So. Yeah, she was. She, she faced yeah, Becky. Yeah. yeah. Did she? Yeah, she faced Becky in the pandemic uh, mania. Oh, that's right. It was that, so poorly that was, I forgot about it. That was Becky's last match, and then she you know, then she dropped the title to Asuka a few months later when she was announced she was I pregnant. I could have I swore she won it in 2020. Maybe she did win. I, th- I thought she won the right to face Becky in the Elimination Chamber. I didn't think she ended up winning the Royal Rumble. Cause I well, thought... No, because, yeah, uh, wasn't it uh, Rhea Ripley won and faced Charlotte, or vice versa, one of the two? No, Charlotte, Charlotte won, won and faced Rhea Ripley, yeah. Yeah. For the NXT yeah. title. Because she went yeah. after the NXT uh, title. Because she's like, I think it was Charlotte. Yeah. I'm going to beat yeah. up the yeah. fucking developmental right. brand. Yeah. It, it, was, sure it was Charlotte and Shayna at the end, though. So she did. Yeah, it, and she then, did make it to the end, but she didn't end yeah. up winning it. Yes, she's, okay. couldn't, she couldn't uh, overcome the flare. Wow, we stumped the historian again. Yes, yes, that's twice. Yes. <laughs> so, Man. so anyway, uh, but yeah. So then, no, but, you know, and I had a surprise for both of you too. But I think I'm gonna fucking throw him in the fucking trash. So, oh, ouch. <laughs> that was a little salty Ow. when he doesn't know things. I'm sorry, Kev. I didn't mean it. I did. <laughs> Oh, uh, forever a heel. Uh, the, <laughs> Michael is the true heel of our podcast. That is that is for damn sure. He would fit right in on that show on Stars. So, <laughs> <laughs> I still need to watch that. It looks Dude, so it's good. a good yeah. show. It is a good show. But, uh, but anyway, what were you going to say? I was, I was going to say, I'm, it must make me like the Michael Hayes. Show. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey. Doot, doot, doot. <laughs> all right so so yeah so uh the raw i thought i actually i thought raw was a pretty decent show if i'm being honest kevin and i were talking about a little bit last week that the show seems to flow a lot better it doesn't feel like a chore to watch it anymore and it seems like they've they've done a better job of presenting the show over the past couple of weeks now i've said that in the past and then they've completely obliterated it and it's been yeah. terrible the next couple of weeks after <laughs> that but hopefully they can get on a good roll this time around and not not have that not have that drop off yeah, that's just, what i was, that's just what I was worried about the... oh, go, go ahead, ahead. 
No, I was going to say, that's why I was worried about all the praising of AEW. It's like, oh, shit, now AEW's going to fucking shit the bed now or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like with WWE, though, it's very consistent. Like, they'll they give themselves a three-week push. They're like, the show's going to be really good for about three weeks, and then we're going to fucking shit the bed for, like, three months and then eventually, like, turn it around again. Yeah, well, let's let's hope that they they can keep it keep it going. I, I like Big E as the champion. I like the fact they didn't he drop did. the title back to Lashley. Um, I, I mean, I was shocked because the second they announced that they were having a rematch, I'm like, well, there we go. Yeah, yeah. I, I just it just things that don't. It's like I guess maybe this doesn't just make sense to me. But McIntyre comes out at the end. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, okay, McIntyre could finally challenge for this title again. Not Lashley's not champion. Then he gets drafted to fucking SmackDown. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're still. Yeah, trying. That's how they're gonna do it. They're gonna have him face uh, uh, Biggie at Crown Jewel, and then draft Biggie to SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> well, re- remember, well, Biggie was already drafted to Raw, but we'll get that a little bit later. But re- oh. remember, remember, I did say that I thought that McIntyre would end up wherever Roman is, and yeah. and I, I think that's just more or less. I think that's more or less what what the what it is than anything else. And I, I think, I think, I think more than anything McIntyre by doing that. Yeah. Maybe he's going to challenge Big E before he leaves, but I think more than anything, he's just trying to establish himself back as that top guy. He's trying to like say, okay, I'm here for a title. All right. I'm going to go after yours. Or if you put me on SmackDown, you know, I'm going after the universal, whatever it is, I'm, I'm going after a title. So I think more than anything, even if, even if they never have that match, it still puts McIntyre back in that conversation. Which I, I I don't know. I, I feel like he just keeps getting worse because like he was tolerable for a little bit during the pandemic era, and now he's just like, look at me in my weird Renaissance fair gimmick. Look at my big sword, and like I don't care. Like stay away from the champions. See, I'm I'm okay. I've been okay with him lately. He's he's not out there cutting dumbass promos anymore. So I, I'm that that's the part of it with him that really took me out were, were the promos. So the fact that he's not cutting the dumbass promos anymore, I'm okay with it. Every time he has a microphone in front of him, he's being being very minimal with what he's saying, and what he's saying is impactful. So I, I think he can build back to that point. I'm I'm okay. I, I don't want. I, I'm not saying put a title on Drew McIntyre right now or anything like that. I'm saying let let's build him back in into that spotlight. Let's show that he belongs in that conversation. And and kind of build him that way, and and I think honestly, he and Roman that could be a really good story if they do it right. But they won't. They'll make it all about his big sword, and it'll just fucking make. It'll be the first time I'm not interested in a Roman Reigns story in the past year. He's not going to be the first wrestler that they build a gimmick around a big sword. I'm aware it's not. It's not going to be the first or the last. Doesn't make it good <laughs> or make you want to see it. Nah, that's true. That's true. They also have done Jeff Hardy's a drug and alcohol addict several times. Doesn't mean I still want to see it. Yeah. I mean, Very I can true. more or less see. I can more or less see them and Bearcat be big biggies, which I know, Mike, you had. Uh, you've kind of given up hope on. Yeah, complete. I just like I, I get that you know he went through some tough times and stuff, but they dropped the ball with him before that, and they seem to just be drawing at straws to figure out what to do with him and like i get the significance behind the bearcat thing and good for him for getting something like that but i don't know maybe they'll do something that kind of reignites the, the the old flame but we'll see yeah maybe i i 
I'm not mad at the the Keith Lee name adding that into it. He's still keeping his, you know, he's still being called Keith Lee, but I kind of feel like it's almost like the big show, right? When he first came out, he was Paul White. And they called him Paul White for a little while, but then it was Paul White the big show, the big show Paul White. But then eventually they just stopped calling him Paul White and he was just the big show. So I feel like we could mm-hmm. he, there could reach a point where he's just Bearcat now and not Keith Lee at all. Stupid. I, I, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I'm sure. I'm how sure fucking stupid is Big Show though? I'd rather be called Bearcat than Big Show. I don't, <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know. Big Show at least like makes sense because he's a big motherfucker to the point where he's the whole damn show. Bearcat, like I'm sorry, what? He's the size of a bear and he moves like a cat. It's perfect. It's a perfect fit for him. That's not fucking call him a liger. <laughs> He's not bear cat. Like cat's not his last name. Well, right. I'm just saying. Like <laughs> it, you, you put him together. He he's the size of a bear and he moves like a cat. He's got cat like reflexes. So he's a bear cat. That is the most dumbass Mystic Man explanation he's, he's, I've ever he's heard. He's a man bear pig. <laughs> I, I just imagine yes. fucking Bruce Pritchard sitting in Vince McMahon's <laughs> office while he's trying to explain this, and he's just like, "Yeah, fucking sounds great, Vince. Let's do it." And he's just like. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much wraps up Monday Night Raw in a nutshell. And then we go over to Tuesday Night NXT 2.0. Kind of all about the ladies, although we had a couple of matches. Roderick Strong defended his United States Championship <laughs> against a guy that I never really heard of. We got a um, we got a pretty good promo from Bronson or Bron, Bronson Breaker. Bron Breaker. He talked about... Um, you know what his plans are for NXT and said, if you don't like it, I don't give a shit. Seems like NXT is getting a little bit more edgier. Um, that dude sounds exactly like his uncle Scott. Does he not? I mean, when he does a oh, promo, yeah. hey, that looks, is Scott Steiner. Like yeah. yeah. It is fucking hilarious. Just wait for the math equations. Yeah. The math equations would be funny. My, my biggest thing that makes no sense to me. And I guess maybe it's just we, you know, wanting to fucking coin people's names so that way they can attempt to make sure they don't make money off themselves or something. But the fact that they acknowledge who he is and his lineage, but then they're like, but his name's Braun Breaker. Like, yeah. And, and, I, and I, I think if he goes, let's say in the future he went somewhere else, he could go by whatever steiner oh yeah and it'd be it's gonna be a bigger name than braun breaker exactly they're, they're, they're fucking themselves because they're like you have this opportunity for people to be like oh yeah that's that's fucking rick steiner's son that's and he fucking's doing great and like people will get behind that and i just i feel like they're just gonna fuck themselves over in a year and a half when they inevitably cut him due to budget cuts and he goes to tna or uh, First of all, let me stop you there. I don't see that happening because this dude fucking looks like a star. He looks like a star. He talks like a star. He acts like a star. He is exactly the type of guy that Vince McMahon fucking jizzes his pants over. He he is not going anywhere for a very long time. I wouldn't be surprised. We would have thought that about The Fiend, too. I wouldn't be surprised. No, The Fiend was a mythical character. Like, I get it. And if, you know... and they can always change his name. I, I'm they not talking always, about I mean, that, but and they could, and and who knows? Maybe he wanted to make a name for himself that wasn't that wasn't on the Steiner lineage. Maybe this was his decision. We don't know. We don't. You know what I mean? Like we could say it. It was Vince McMahon or Bruce Pritchard or WWE Creative who changed his name. But maybe he was like, you know what? 
I want to try and make a name for myself, not not banking on that Steiner name, and try to make a name just for myself. And 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 if if that's the and case, they shouldn't be acknowledging it. If then. that's the case, more power to them. Well, they could still acknowledge it tongue in cheek without without putting it in your face. I mean, I don't know. them them coming out and calling him a dog faced gremlin. Yeah, some people know that, what Vic Joseph meant bully. by that, but not everybody knew <laughs> what they meant by that. So they're they're not necessarily putting it right out in your face. Yeah, he he, he dresses hey, you keep the look your stuff and stuff like that out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> my my whole thing is though because it's, it's been confirmed that there's no legalities behind it. Like Scott is not fighting him on it. While he isn't on good terms and doesn't want to be in the Hall of Fame, he's not like the Steiner names off limits or anything like that. Um. So like. Let's if if you're right. Let's say you're right, and it's his choice, not Dewey's, which is very rare because Vince McMahon doesn't give a shit about anyone but himself. Um, then at that point, none of these references should be made because it's no longer being made about himself. Because even though yeah, we're in the know, we know who he is, blah blah blah, we're still gonna pop more for those references than we are for him as the individual. Nah, so see, they I, need to either do none of it or just lean into it. I disagree. I disagree with that just pointless. because I disagree with that just because I've watched the guy wrestle in a couple of matches now, and I think that he is fucking phenomenal. And I've popped more for what he's been able to do in the ring than any of those tongue and cheek references. Because I mean, when he had that uh, Ridge Holland guy up over his head and dropped him down, and you know he had him in the press slam and dropped him down for his finisher, that shit was impressive as fuck. You know what I mean? So like, I I'm. And and so the the suplexes just just the fact that this guy has only been actually wrestling for I think a little over or less than a year and he is as polished and looks as good as he does is super fucking impressive. So I I, I mean the the name the tongue in cheek references that that doesn't bother me so much like the guy and his promo skills and his in ring ability being where they're at right now with the limited experience that he has, dude, I think that, I think that guy's got money written all over him. And, and I, and I think he's going to make that money in WWE. I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon, but you know, I, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's just, he's got the entire package, man. Like I, I, I don't know what else to say. I, mean, about I agree. It. He's super talented and super impressive. I'm just saying, you know, lean into it or don't fucking pick a side. Don't walk the line. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, based on like everything you're saying, like, oh, yeah, he's just so impressive. He's been doing this for a year and a half. You could say that he's got some freak genetics, like just stupid shit like that just seems pointless. It just you're literally just like, hey, guys, if you're in the know, you know what I mean. Right, yeah, like, but that's, that's some that's, early that's, day AW shit that should. we fucking mock AW about all the time. And now because WWE, you're just like, ah, ah, it's great. I've never I've never mocked AEW for those. References. Yes, we did. When, when? they fucking Name did one. nothing for the first six months, when they did nothing but shit on WWE on a regular basis and make fun. But of that's that but that's not sh- that's different, though. That's shitting on WWE. Still, that, that's they, that's they not did just it in a way that was only if you were in the know, you knew what they were talking about. They no, never they were, said they, to me they didn't they do this. They always that. made sure that like, like, uh, like when they when they did the when they did the whole Jericho and Tyson battle in the middle of the ring, that was a very obvious reference to a very historical point that happened in a different company. When they're making making a I'm reference sorry, to calling him the dog faced gremlin isn't a very specific but reference it's a specific reference to his dad though it's not like exactly. they're stealing an idea from somebody else and making it <laughs> my, making my it dad. 
they're not they're not blatantly on, Jason, stealing. This, my dad, <laughs> my dad. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. I, but the 99 percent of the people that listen to our show have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, either, so. I know. So, but but that that's the problem though. Like that that's that's not blatantly ripping off another company's idea from back in the 90s. That's just giving a little tongue and cheek reference to his lineage as a person, as a human being. It's just a fun little tidbit thrown in I there. Or if you're in the know, you're in the know. The like the little pokes and digs like oh yeah we don't run like that other shit show and stuff like that not the fucking clear, okay but that's, like, not what, that's not what we're talking about though i'm talking about brown breaker we are, we're talking about tongue-in-cheek references to shit i right but i'm talking about brown breaker specifically any anything that has to do with them making fun of each other and taking pot shots at each other and ripping off each other's ideas that that honestly has nothing to do with what i'm talking about like this is a yeah they might not be calling him steiner but there's and but them making references to who he actually is. It's just a little tongue in cheek thing, and it's a fun thing. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. It's not. Just, it's not the same thing as back in taking a shot months, as a company. The AEW marks. That was what it was. It was basically poking fun that only those people in the know would get, and it was tongue in cheek. But we said it was fucking stupid, and they need to mind their business and I'm, focus I'm, on their own show. Right, but again, that's focusing on somebody else's product not just saying hey there's a guy here this is where he's coming from he wants to go by something else but hey just so you know he's got he's got a history in this business like he's he's not a he's not just a, a newbie walking in here like it, that that's all that it is it's it's different to me to me that's different that's way different to me but i you know you have your opinion i have mine i guess and kevin's like, just going to remain that, neutral yeah. <laughs> like always <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Now you wouldn't, but you're telling me you if Bron if Bron ba- Breaker came up to somebody who's trying to figure out math, like a, let's say there was somebody on screen trying to figure out math, and Bron Breaker walked <laughs> up and says, "You know, my uncle's actually really good at math." You wouldn't pop for that shit. You know, Honestly, you would I'm pop like, for that shit. But that's what I'm saying. I want him to be a Steiner. I'm on board with that. I want him. I want them to fucking just lean into it and really get it over versus this like toe on the line shit. Like that just. Like, I don't want this just the but tip. That's the you thing. either go fucking balls deep or you don't. But that's the thing, though. If he can get over by not using – still get over by not relying on that name, that's even far more impressive than him using the Steiner I mean, name and getting over. It doesn't matter because once he gets to the main roster, they're going to fucking change everything about him because they want him to get over without whatever he See, has See, that, that's, 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 that's the whole difference between NXT 2.0 now. NXT 2.0 is building people for the main that's, roster. They're not going to change them when they get up that's there. That's what NXT 1.0 was supposed to be, Jason. No, NXT 1.0 was its own brand, and then that folded because no, NXT when it was on YouTube was 1.0, and it was 100% developmental for for fucking the main roster, and then it eventually got built to its own brand. But just like so. FCW, though, they changed everybody that they brought up. Then it then it became their own brand. These guys made names for themselves. They became, they became they became stars. The Shield wasn't Wyatt's. the Shield wasn't together though. The Shield wasn't a faction on NXT. Didn't they like no, very like right before no. they, like, they brought all three anything. of those guys up. Never put them together until that until that debut. Okay, they, Wyatt family. Aren't they they from, on NXT? The Wyatt family, family was built on NXT, yes. Sorry, yeah. Kevin, go ahead. You don't think Roman Reigns what? He was in NXT. He was just F- FCW, wasn't he? No, he was in or NXT. Did, did he? Yeah. Okay. He was a heel in NXT. Yeah, yeah that's right. I that's think. what Jason's been saying for years. He's like, I want to heal Roman Reigns because he was great in NXT. Yeah. 
I think when Braun goes to the main roster, they should change his name to the Breaker Experience. <laughs> And on that note, let's move on with this whole NXT 2.0 being developmental is then it shouldn't be on fucking cable television because you're just going to confuse the fucking normal viewers who aren't in the know when you decide to change a person's gimmick and name when you go when they go the next step in their career. And that's the thing. I I don't think that they're going to at this point. I think this is more in the vision of because Triple H doesn't really have as much to do with NXT anymore because he was basically running SmackDown. So I think now Vince and Bruce kind of took over the vision of NXT and they're like, okay, so this is where we're going to build people and bring them up seamlessly to the main roster because they're going to be more under like our creative system than what they were mm-hmm. before so i, well, I think that's triple kinda... h's heart just couldn't take the fact that every time he'd start a big build they'd fucking take one of the main stars and put him on the main roster and he had to oh, fucking dude. start from scratch take a shot at Oof. triple h's heart issues Oof. that's low that's low Oof. that's real low yeah i mean that's <laughs> your life for me oh god I mean, right. come on! I've said some things, but that's all right. So let's let's move on to AW Dynamite this week. Uh, Dynamite, <laughs> another another fun show. I'll be honest with you, I watched a little bit of Dynamite, but I don't know if I ever saw the entire show start to finish. Um, <laughs> Armed Anderson. Oh yeah, the Armed Anderson thing was was probably the standout for sure. Oh my god. That wow. that promo, I did see that promo. I did see that whole thing. And when he said that, I was like, you know, you know what? Take that back. I did watch pretty much all of the show. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I sat there on Wednesday night and actually like hit record on my DVR and just played it all the way through. I just want to so- point this out to our, our our few listeners we still have at this point. <laughs> This is the man who just argued for 15 minutes with me about NXT and, and Scott or Rick Steiner's son. Can't even remember if he watched AEW Dynamite or not. Um, you know, so take that. As you, you know will. what? You know what, Michael? It's been a long week, okay? And uh, I, 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 I trust I, me, I know about long weeks. I, on average, I, I watch more wrestling in, in a week than the two of you do in a month or a year. So. <laughs> Maybe not a year. <laughs> the fuck okay, okay, okay. Well, Kevin has gotten better lately, but there was a period of time there where hey. I'd be like, "Hey, so let's talk about Monday Night Raw." Oh, I didn't watch that. Watch <laughs> hey, let's talk about AEW. Oh, I didn't watch that either. Well, what the fuck are we gonna talk hey, about? How about how about we just stare at each show. other for? Sixty. For the first six months of the show, I literally would go take a shit before the show and catch up on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT all at once. <laughs> Well, I'm just saying. literally just 15 minutes of clips on YouTube. Like, all right, so this happened and this happened. Oh, that was decent. Oh, that was dog shit. <laughs> yeah, I would just read pro wrestling.net. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, we're all wrestling fans. Hey, if nothing here. else, I, I currently watch as much of Rampage and Dynamite as I can. All right. So. I, I will say, okay, Rampage is a show I didn't watch, so when we get to that, I'll talk about it. But oh, no, okay, so so okay, so then. so hold on, Let, let's let's kind of rewind there. I did watch Dynamite. I I do know I, it's coming back to me now. The show opened up with Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy, which was yes. a really really good match, a lot of fun to watch. I like that Adam Cole got the win, but it wasn't clean. I thought the way that mm-hmm. they the way that they did everything was was a lot of fun. So um, Jungle Boy, man, he he keeps having these big matches, and he doesn't quite get the W. And I think eventually that might become if they're smart, that should become a storyline down the road with him leading into an actual title match. Like he can't win the big one, you know what I mean? But um, but yeah, Jungle Boy, 
Sounds like a better version of what WWE did with uh, Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, right. He's can't, he can't win at all. Except, <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know. I, I think Jungle Boy at, at his young age, like uh, you know, they talked about. I think um, MJF did a promo where he talked about the pillars of of AEW, and he put himself as one, Jungle Boy as one, Darby Allen as one, and then who's the other one? It was um, um, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen him and oh god i'm at blank but ironically i, I was rewatching it right before the show started but right yeah i was, I was hoping i was hoping part. you'd go right into it and be like oh yeah he said this person but yeah i mean that he was not off at all with that like that honestly was um was really spot on that he that he said that so i mean uh, you know give give him credit for that even though in that promo he also said that oh he was adam page co- right Oh, I think he did say Adam Page. Maybe because he hasn't yeah. been around for a while. That's why I, I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I th- No, he said Orange Cassidy. It was Orange Cassidy was the other one. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. He made it. Yeah, Orange Cassidy. And, and I don't think he's wrong by, by any stretch of the imagination there. I mean, they're definitely the AEW homegrown talents. You know, they've made the, the names for themselves. In that same promo, though, he also said that he had Bruce Pritchard on speed dial, and he was talking about yeah. going to WWE, which I thought that was really interesting that he did that. And... um there's kind of another Forbidden Door reference that happened on SmackDown too. I don't know if you guys caught that or heard about that at all. Yeah, I did. I did. All right, we'll we'll, we'll go. We'll get to that here when we talk about SmackDown. But but yeah, so Adam exactly Cole. What you're talking about Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy. A really good match. I mean, I think start. It, it definitely got the show off to that hot start. Of course, they had Punk come out and do commentary again, and he made it known that he wasn't going to. He wasn't going to be attacked this week. He even talked about putting himself in a plexiglass bubble or something like that, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, he even got in on the the, the joke with um, with uh, him having Pritchard on speed dial. He goes, everybody has Bruce Pritchard on speed dial. It's not anything special or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. I, I like that from MJF because it, it's very 1997 Rob Van Dam in ECW. Yeah. Like, not, not I mean... He's more tame, or Rob Van Dam's more like you know whatever type of his character. But he did that shit in ECW all the time, yeah. and he'd always talk about, "Hey, catch me on Monday nights," you know. So that that's where he kind of I think uh, got that some, from maybe a little bit inspiration from. Yeah. So, and then um, Brian Danielson got the best of the lead again. Um, and that was going to lead to a match that was going to be on Rampage, probably the match that I didn't get to see that you guys were talking about. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson versus Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. Um, you know, Lee Johnson got the win in this one, but then what came afterwards was the shot heard around the world, and that was Arn <laughs> Anderson's promo where he <laughs> – Basically compared, he, he basically called Cody Rhodes a pussy without calling him a pussy. Yes. I've delivered a very similar promo to this. Uh, Kevin, you, you might know about it, um, where I, I told somebody who's kind of a mutual friend, like a, he's a, a mutual friend of our group. Uh, he, he told me he was going to kill me one time, and I told him that he didn't have the, he didn't have the balls to pull the trigger. So like I I I I've, oh my God. <laughs> I've had a very similar experience, but uh, but Arn said that he's the type of guy that pulls out the Glock and aims it at the head and blows the brains out. And um, Cody was a little uh, a little shocked by that, 
And uh, Arn, we all were. Yeah, Arn basically dumped Cody as a uh, a client there. He's no longer his coach. But the the best part about it though were the memes that came out afterwards. I mean, just the this promo is really taken off. Oh my god! I think I shared like six of them in our chat with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) The video game one. You guys see the video game ones? Yes. Uh Yeah. (laughs) He's like. Yeah, it's Arn and Cody in like a video game, and then all of a sudden it was like Arn pulling out two guns and just. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it was the um. Was it the uh, it does, fire? Fire. It, what was that? The fire wrestling game. Yeah, fire pro then, wrestling. It was the uh, that, yeah. that game, and then he he pulled out the guns and shot him as his finisher. And, then, and they dubbed over J, uh, Jr. Going. Yeah, good God Almighty, he killed him. Well, the best part <laughs> is that Arn retweeted it with the comment, "What a finish." Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, Arn's been all over. I can't go over fucking CM Punk made one where it's him laying on the ground. He's got little like thought bubble, and and he's got this like face of like Jesus Christ, and it's just fucking Arn Anderson. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, there's one. There's ones of him and like his vehicle, his wife. It's like you pull up in his minivan. Yeah, in his minivan. Or the or the one that uh, shows uh, NRA spelled backwards as ARN. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh man, yeah. This has been really good, but that promo definitely took over <laughs> took over Wednesday Night Dynamite and uh, became a um, became viral pretty quickly after. Yeah, and I loved it because it's like God. Why not? Like he's. And this is one thing I wanted to ask you guys. We got to ask you off the air, but like I was trying to think of like great promo people of all time. Like he's got to be like top two, three like promo guys of all time. Like I would love for them yeah. to start using him more in promos. I just just listening to what happened when going back through 1986 and hearing Arn's promos from then. I mean, wow. I mean, he was oh, super good. The the latest show he had. Um, him and uh, Conrad are talking about, I think it's like late 85, or I think they're going into 86. And some of his promos, like talking about Baby Doll, how she should be in the kitchen cooking dinner and making babies and stuff. And then they cut back to Arn and Conrad, and Arn's like, well, promo like that wouldn't get over today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like like the, the latest episode was pretty good. <laughs> No, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, his his promo very much just made me instantly think of that time when you know Taker was on his retirement tour, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, the ba- the back uh, locker room is just not like it used to. They're all sitting around playing video games and doing their makeup. Back in my day, we all just had like knives and guns in our backs." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was definitely a, it was definitely a throwback, that's for sure. But I and I think it was, I think a lot of people were were shocked too i, I yeah. mean just jaws on Generally the floor you like, don't uh, what? hear about someone blowing someone's brains out on the pavement yeah it just came out of nowhere <laughs> yeah because like you i assumed like he was gonna be like oh yeah i get out i beat the shit out of him or something nope he just it's like i fucking shoot their face off yeah it was it was almost like he was drawing back from a memory of like a real life event that actually yeah happened. i was like man the 80s were a hell of a time i was i was expecting like a marty Janetti confession like was that was that what that was oh god <laughs> <laughs> later that night he did a line of coke and went on facebook he was like hey guys uh if you what would you do if you accidentally shot someone in the face that tried to hijack your car and then you hit the body in this very inconspicuous place in uh in this specific state yeah yeah do you think there's a Mar- statute of limitations on that <laughs> yes yeah. mario Janais were like 
is it wrong to have sex with a 14 year old just asking for a friend you know and then her mother right <laughs> so afterwards. especially if you look yeah especially if she looks like she's 20 right <laughs> yeah she looks, oh, yeah, yeah she yeah, looks 20 it's okay, okay. marty Janetti, man he, someone needs to go check on him i i think people have tried and it doesn't matter um <laughs> so after that we got uh, John Moxley, Eddie Kingston, and Darby Allen versus Bear Country and Anthony Green. So basically, we had Wild Thing and then a terrible match and then Wild Thing again. So that that saved it. And then um, <laughs> then we had the uh, the the ridiculous. The, there should never be twelve man tag teams. I'm sorry, or sixteen man tag teams. Like that was just too much. Like I understand they were trying to do a thing with the Dark Order in the Hardy family office. And, you know, of course, some, for some reason they added orange Cassidy into the mix. Yeah. Uh, the best friends and all that too. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, just, it was just, there was just too many guys. Like I, I, I get that they weren't all on the apron at the same time. So I like how they did that. They only had four people on the apron at one time. Cause they would basically like one would jump off and the other one would jump on and take the place. And it was kind of cool that way, but man, that's just too much. That's too many people. It, yeah. It was kind of cool though, with the dark order fighting and then you got negative one and you got Amanda Huber coming out and basically like get your fucking shit together and get out there and win. And you know, it was, it was kind of a cool moment. It was, it was neat. Um, you know, they, being in Rochester, they were definitely celebrating Brody. Uh, it, a lot of people were expecting Bray Wyatt that never happened, which, you know, that's well, because it's, it's now like, everyone's like, Oh, well clearly he does have a 90 day compete clause because the rumor was that he had a clause in his contract where he could either choose to take the 90 days and get paid or he could not take it and then be able to instantly work where he wanted. Um, And clearly if that was a clause in his contract, he chose the 90 days to get paid for that time. Yeah. Might as well. I mean, especially because like he obviously can't go anywhere and be Bray Wyatt or the fiend. So he has to repackage himself. And I'm sorry, his, his government name ain't gonna fly real well, in my opinion, as a, yeah. as a wrestling name. So, well, it works. It works for AEW since they're so pay homage to the old school with the you know Wyndham Rotunda being that he's you know yeah, it's just that he's name, a combination like, of of two uh, two wrestling. Oh my god, how awesome if he came out as Wyndham Rotunda, but just like his dad, like from his old varsity club days, and came out in like the singlet. Oh, and he joins you know, like, the and old he, red, the red, and he joins the varsity the blondes. Thing. Yeah, like he's like in a, a wrestling thing. And then he just has a, like, a, a mullet made of dreads. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's wearing the headgear and stuff, and does amateur wrestling. Like that'd be fucking hilarious. That would be hilarious. I just, I just hope that he can find a way to do something like neighbor break because that was just pure gold. Nah, it was, it was. But and and that also explains why he still has WWE in his Twitter handle if he's still operating mm-hmm. on their ninety day. But I would think his ninety days almost up at this point though too. I mean he's been gone not up for until a long October twenty sixth. Wow, yeah. that's a long ass time. Okay, wow. all right. So ninety days is three months. He was released back in what June? Yeah. July, July. I don't know. I can't oh, remember. So October, There's yeah. been so many people released August, in the past October, year that yeah. I can't keep up. Yeah. yeah, August, September, October. So Here, here's something I would never thought that I would say. Bleacher Report gave a better grade to TJ versus the Bunny and Penelope Ford than the Moxley Kingston Darby Allen match on Dynamite. That match got a D. TJ <laughs> versus Penelope Ford and the Bunny got a C plus. Well, you did describe the match as we got Wild Thing a shitty match and then wild thing again. Yeah. True. So, true. But 
I mean, Tay Conte has not been wrestling for a very long time. Anna Jay is decent, but she's still green. Penelope Ford, kind of the same. Like, she's she's not always the best in the ring. And the bunny can be okay sometimes. But this match honestly wasn't that bad, I guess. I guess I'm kind of shitting on it because they're, they're basically women that don't get a whole lot of spotlight on AEW put in a match together yeah, and having out. having a better match than than uh John Moxley. So that uh, more power to yeah. them. I give them credit for it. I mean Yeah, it's about time they fucking get some TV time cuz it's basically just like Britt Baker and that's about it usually. Yeah, I mean I can I can I can watch Tay J in a tag team match all day long. So Speaking uh, of Britt Baker, did you see her at the Penn State game on Saturday night? Did not, no. So she she was on the sideline. She had her AEW world title and stuff and they panned to her a couple of times. <clears throat> and somebody on Twitter like said um, something about uh, you didn't go to fucking Penn State. You graduated from Pitt. You fucking like turncoat this and that. And she's like, "Hey, dumbass, <laughs> read your uh, facts. I graduated from Penn State in 2013. I got my fucking medical degree from Pitt. Like, so she graduated from both fucking places. So <laughs> that was pretty funny. That was funny." Oh, man. So, yeah. yeah, and then after that, we got the MJF promo, which was, uh, we already talked about how, how that how that went out. And then um, and then Miro defending his TNT championship against Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara surprisingly gets the win. Sammy Guevara is now your TNT yeah. champion. That caught me so off guard. So, like, I was not expecting that, especially with, like, this build of, like, God's favorite champion. Yeah. So, I, I without going, I should have pulled this beforehand but there was a girl that i follow on twitter that that's a part of the the iwc the internet wrestling community and she was talking about like i think she's from her she's from the same or her family's from the same country that miro is bulgaria and i he on his side plates had like this this saying or this phrase which in bulgaria like translates into like going up like basically going through like seven trials and then on the eighth one you know you you face one that you can't overcome or something like that so she translated that into saying that he was going to face like six big competitors or seven big competitors and on the eighth one he would lose and that actually turned out to be 100 percent right or i think it was six and then the seventh one he lost so that his side plates actually foreshadowed what his TNT championship run was going to be. I thought that was kind of cool how she was able to point that out. So she like, she pointed it out when she first saw it and then referenced back to it and said, Hey, it turns out I was right about this. This actually, uh, I always thought, I always thought it was just like the uh, Bulgarian flag symbol in the middle, but yeah, it must have a, it must have a, I know there was a, a, there was a saying underneath, but I thought it was part of the flag, but yeah, I didn't even know he changed the side plates. Yeah. We changed the whole title. He had all, he, well, it, he had the seems, white strap, but I thought that was the only thing that changed. Well, now well, then the cha- the champions that was in green. Yeah. And then, so the, yeah, the, the two side plates, not the other ones, they still had AEW on it, but the two next to the main plate had like part of the Bulgarian flag. And then it had that same, and then the backing of it was like green and black or whatever. And Sammy Guevara's <clears throat> already changed it as well. The whole backing of it now is all like diamond, like shiny, like it's right. uh, it's, it's like a, a black it's like, strap it's like a, and it's got like the the like the shininess. Like maroon, it's like a maroon back. Uh, okay. It's like a maroon. And I, then the yeah. The TNT behind it's not yeah like it's I'll, not shiny it's like it's jewels. I'll be I'll be honest with you. 
it reminds me of the old NXT Women's Championship, the way that it looks. I'm not uh, gonna lie, <laughs> like just the way that the way that 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 part of it, the faceplate of it looks, reminded me of that when I first saw it a little bit. I don't know why. I mean, it doesn't have Brad Maddox all over it, so it doesn't <laughs> it remind doesn't, me of it. Doesn't, it doesn't have Brad's <laughs> DNA on it. All right, so then we get to the Friday night shows, and um, you know, the big thing with with uh, WWE was the draft, and the, really, I mean, there was a couple of good matches on the show. But the draft kind of kind of took it over, and and Brock Lesnar and that whole storyline with Paul Heyman kind of took it over a little bit, and Roman's starting to show his frustration with Paul, so that's kind of taking a bit of an interesting turn. But we'll we'll just kind of run through the the first and the first few rounds here of the draft just to get your opinion on it. Then I'll have you guys tell me about Rampage, and then we can kind of wrap th- things up. So uh, round one, oh, and we'll talk about Ed the whole Edge storyline too. Round one, no surprise. The head of the table, the universal champion of Roman Reigns, goes number one pick, stays on SmackDown. And to no shock, Big E, the, the WWE champion, stays on Raw. Then you had the second pick end up being Raw Women's Champion Charlotte Flair going to SmackDown. And then Bianca Belair going to Raw. So kind of interesting there that we're, we're drafting the Raw Women's Champion to SmackDown. When the SmackDown Women's Champion is Becky Lynch, she's still, as of now, on on SmackDown. And Supposedly, then, based on the rules of the draft, Becky was not on the table to be drafted. Really? Yeah, supposedly there was like a handful of people that weren't on the table to be drafted for whatever reason or another. I don't know if it was they tried to justify it like, oh, she just returned, so her, she, her contract isn't at a point where she can switch brands or some bullshit. So she's she's just considered a free agent, basically. Then, no, she's considered SmackDown. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess Brock said he's a, he's a free agent. Thanks, um, to, thanks to Paul Heyman, he's a free agent. Yeah, because there's so, basically if you didn't get drafted in general, I think there was like a, some people who became free agents so they could choose where they wanted to go or something like that. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. It was it was it was very weird. It's it's the W draft. Otherwise, these weird it, it, fucking convoluted <laughs> rules that don't make any sense. Yeah, it has to it has to lead to uh, a unification. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. I I just want to take this moment before we continue in uh, to the other rounds to rub it in Jason's face that the burial of Bianca Belair did not lead into any long term storytelling with Becky Lynch uh, because now she's going to Raw. It still led into a, a story though. It led into a match. Oh, a match. Oh, boy. And it, it, it possibly could lead into another match. What if Bianca beats her for the title? Because they're they're having a triple threat match at Crown Jewel with her, Sasha, and Becky. So she wins that match, and her and Charlotte switch titles. Then she goes to – then she she closes out the story and goes to Raw as the women's champion. So. Then that makes it even more pointless because not only did you fucking have <laughs> your – new women's champion get buried in their seconds on SummerSlam oh by the returning Becky Lynch. But then you go on to just have her fucking win it back. Michael two it, months later it was, at the it was a show. part of a story. I, I'm, I talked about this last week, but you weren't here. So I know obviously <laughs> Becky was a, in case of emergency break glass situation, they brought Becky mm-hmm. in. She wasn't, in ring shape, she wasn't ready. So what they did is brought her in. They had the surprise. They had her win the title as a, as a shock. 
And then what they did after that was they had them run a house show loop or live event loop, getting Becky back into ring shape. So Becky and Bianca had an excuse to work these live events all the way through and then get that match at Extreme Rules, which was a really fucking good match. And then after that, now we're, we're still getting into to more of the story. The, the storytelling point of her losing the match was an excuse to get them working the live event loop leading up to that Extreme Rules match. So it made sense to why Becky was fighting Bianca at live events throughout the entire week. Because her just showing up and not winning the title really quickly like that doesn't give that excuse of why they're working the the live events because at that point right. at that point Becky is Becky is still up. at that point Becky's still a face not a not a heel like the you know it, I, again if she jumps her that that's, that's a heel again, turn it's that's not it's works. not a burial because Bianca is still a top star in the women's division whether she's on Raw whether she's on SmackDown she's still a top star she's still a credible threat to be a women's champion whether she lost that match in 10 seconds or not she's she's not buried she's not going anywhere her career is not over because she's not into the ground with dirt poured over top of her that is what a burial is a burial is where you can't recover a burial is where i know a burial is yes so you you understand right you know i buried well i didn't bury my dad i cremated him but but (laughs) he's not coming back there's there's no recovery from that you're you're gone you're dead that's not what happened to bianca she's able to she's able to come back she's able to recover she's able to rebuild she's able to rebrand she's able to do tons of things she's still a top star she's not buried by any stretch of the imagination we good we done uh i just want to say the listeners are welcome that i since i know how to push your yeah yeah whatever fuck off all right we're not good because i'm sorry if if the whole point was to get her ring ready shape that just makes it worse i mean she beat the women's champion at what was going to be the biggest show of the year in 10 seconds and she wasn't in ring shape she surprised her okay anyway i'm sorry she took like fucking and a half to get to the oh ring, beat the shit out of Carmella. There was no surprise at that point. She knew she was there. She still, she still surprised her. But anyway, okay. So the second round was a little bit different. Drew, <laughs> Drew McIntyre gets drafted to SmackDown. The Raw Tag Team Champions rated RK Bro stay on Raw. The New Day gets brought over to SmackDown. So where we thought we had a New Day reunion, WWE was like, ah, we're pulling, we're pulling Kofi and Xavier. <laughs> and we're, we're moving them over to. <laughs> That's uh, how I felt after that. Uh, also, can we just acknowledge the fact that uh, RK Bro may have got drafted, but Randy Orton's just once again AFK. Like no one knows where the fuck he is. Apparently, he wasn't cleared to wrestle or something again. Yeah, yeah I heard that. Could just be he's taking some time off. Well deserved. Yeah, I yeah, mean, he got, I he, he's got the young guy to do all the heavy lifting. He doesn't. He doesn't need to do that. Right he now. should still be able to show up for work and at least be on the sidelines. <laughs> I mean, you've seen it. You've seen his wife. He likes to stay home. I don't blame him. Well, yeah, because if he goes into work and Alexa sits on him, then his wife goes crazy. (laughs) Very true. All right. And then you had Edge drafted to Raw. And this is where that storyline gets a little interesting. Okay. So last week on SmackDown, Seth basically said that he wants Edge to show up and challenge him to another match. Or if he doesn't show up, Edge was going to go to or Seth was going to go to Edge's home and, and, and call him out. So Edge showed up on SmackDown. Seth showed up at Edge's home. They had a whole funny segment with him going through Edge's house. I honestly thought this segment was was really well done. 
I thought Seth played it up very well. I, you know, sometimes things like this get dumb and boring and they maybe drag on a little too long. But I'm sorry, him eating an apple and throwing it on the floor and making fun of the kids' artwork and all that shit, like that stuff was really good. Like it was yeah. really well done. I really somebody enjoyed said, it. Somebody said uh, breaking into a house in 2021 compared to somebody breaking into a house during the Attitude Era. It was a picture of Brian Pillman with a gun. <laughs> and then there's a picture of Seth Rollins, like he's doing, the, he's, doing the, he's doing the thing where he's like putting his you know, shoes and stuff all over the chair. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here where they where they opened the forbidden door was Edge was on the phone with Beth, basically telling her not to go to the house. Just go to their brother, stay away from the house, because apparently Beth and the kids were out when Seth let himself in. Because apparently, they by the way, I think Beth Phoenix could probably kick Seth wrong. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. I, feel like I'm I, sure. Do, I wouldn't be yeah. too worried. Yeah, I, I mean, if this was, it would have made more sense if it was another woman, but. Edge also said that he was going to call Daniel and David to go deal with Rollins. Daniel and David are Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood, FTR, who live in Asheville, very close to Edge. And that's actually who Edge trained with when he was coming back yeah. for the Royal Rumble uh, because those guys live so close to him. They, they're actually really close and friends. And they're all, yeah. So a lot of you know the IWC, the Internet Wrestling Community, uh, got very uh, got very happy with uh, with Edge. For, for doing the audio that. listeners, he was doing air quotes during that. Yeah, air quotes. I can't um, see that because this is an audio only podcast. But it, you know, it definitely popped the Internet Wrestling Community because he he was referring to to two guys that are in AEW. Uh, so I thought I thought that was kind of interesting how they did that. So, but uh, but yeah, so you didn't you didn't hear about that, Michael? No, I didn't at all. I, I, and I, even if I would have watched the segment, I probably would have not made any sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Alexis has got two bros that he's like, hey, my neighbors are going to come check on the house because there's some weird dude in a suit eating apples. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty well done, though. It was a lot of fun. And then I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, oh we'll go back through the rest of the draft here. And then we got the third. Um, the most, the best pick of the draft, Mansoor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my dude, my man. Your dude. He didn't. He came later on, though. He wasn't a part of the main. Uh, the main. I know. He, the draft. He came okay, on top of Ali. So are, are we gonna also you, ignore the fact that Pat McAfee just lost his shit when Roman Reigns got drafted as number one? I know that was yeah. pretty good. That was pretty good. So, so Michael, since you weren't here last week, Kevin is finally on board with uh, with my whole theory about Mansoor being fucking amazing. Him and mm-hmm. Ali as a tag team. No, here's the gold. best thing. So, so on Raw last week, did you see it on Raw? So they they were tagging with Jeff Hardy. Yeah, and Jeff Hardy came out for his entrance, and then Mansoor came out and he started doing the thing with him. <laughs> so they at one point, and I didn't talk about it with Jason because he hadn't seen it yet. And I didn't want to spoil it, but at one point they panned away, and Mustafa is walking, and it's like a back view of them coming down the aisle. And Mansoor goes behind Mustafa Ali and is grabbing his arms and trying to get Mustafa Ali to do the <laughs> Jeff Hardy. It was I great. It. I it love it. It was really good. So yeah, I, I, I love the, I love. The, the, the disgust of Mustafa Ali too. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, he's a new. I'm not <laughs> clapping hands with the fans or anything. So, yeah, the whole dynamic like of him. that tag team is great. All right, so round three, 
Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. Riddick Moss is rebranded as Madcap Moss. Got drafted to stay on SmackDown. The WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. I don't understand why they call her almost a superhero Nikki A.S.H. when A.S.H. is supposed to stand for almost a superhero. It makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) A.A.S.H.? Yeah. Almost a superhero Nikki A.S.H. Well, the A.S.H. stands for almost a superhero, so why you... That's literally what it is. That's like... He's he's the, the the superhero in training. He's the the S H I T. Yeah, that shit was the f- ah to fucking Rosie. Good old days, man. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace, Rosie. Roman Reigns' brother. All right. That'd be, that'd be like them saying Roman Reigns is the World Wrestling Entertainment WWE Universal Champion. Like, I feel like that's something that hundred percent they do. Exactly. Yes. Man, is there any more weird comparison to, like, brothers in WWE than having Rosie, who is known as shit, and then Roman be the head of the table? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's just... That just shows you You where the the Samoans were then and where they are now. (laughs) You're either the shit or you were a crazy, like, fucking (laughs) rule man with a a thumb that you would stab people with. It's so sad that, like, Rosie and even, like, Umaga are not around. Like, you imagine them a part of, like... The fucking bloodline having them in it? Yeah, having the three-minute warning. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit. Oh, man. You could have... How great would that be? Because that reveal then, you could have, like fucking Roman standing at the top and then Paul Heyman's just like, I'm sorry, did you say three minutes? Yeah. And then, oh, and then yeah. they Still fucking like, come out and spot. beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. That'd be good. That would be that good. Just, oh, so good. That whole like era of, of Bischoff as, as GM. There's just so much Bischoff was so shit. underrated. Like, oh, he was. His time, yeah. his time on Raw, like HLA. You know oh, what I mean? Jesus. Like, of course, that's the first thing that you think of. <laughs> Come on, not, I'm getting, I'm... not the elimination chamber, not I, the fucking raw roulette, not the fucking <laughs> wedding like where he of of Chuck and uh, Billy, where he was the fucking minister and peeled off this like elaborate mask. Come on. Uh, Come on, HLA, 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 HLA. Ironically, HLA ended in three minute warning, which was even more just like yeah, no. right. fucking Christ. <laughs> That's oh the first thing that came out of my mouth. Uh, yeah, I was shocked. thinking. I was thinking of the Mason Chamber. I was thinking of our roulette. <laughs> I was thinking all of that. <laughs> but you went with HLA. All right. He is the Arn Anderson of our group when it comes to <laughs> the shit. He says the shit that probably shouldn't be said and is going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Instead of the, all the other shit that he had in mind. All right. So, this. The only thing just that great was the Mike was the chorus that's in All right. Just to, just to bring this back around to, to, to the WWE draft. The surprise came in the third Did round. Did they get drafted too? Who? No. HLA. No. <laughs> no, the surprise came in the third round when Hit Row was drafted from NXT to mm. be on SmackDown. So Hit Row, the entire group, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Top Dalla, Ashanti the Adonis, and B-Fab, all going to be on SmackDown. 
I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I like Hit Row a lot. I think they're doing some good things on NXT. And other than, I, I feel like they, they've kind of wrapped up their feud with uh, Legato Del Fantasma. So I, I think it's kind of good that they're they're moving on because I don't know what else they could possibly do. Although, Swerve Scott's still the, the North American champion right now, so I'm sure he'll probably have to drop that before, before moving on. But then, um, you know, it's no surprise, Keith Bearcat Lee is uh, staying on Raw, and that, that kind of round up the third round. But what do you guys think of Hit Row going to SmackDown? I can take that one dude serious ever since seeing him on American Pickers or whatever, uh, Hidden Treasures. <laughs> you can't take Top Dollar seriously because you saw him on Hidden Treasures? Yeah, he just seems like a little bitch. You know the dude played in the NFL, right? He was a defensive lineman. Yeah. He seems like the kind of guy who would let you steal his car. Yeah. <laughs> he sell a car to his mother with no engine. No, yeah. he's. I, I, I don't know. I like the guy. I think he has a respect for the business. I didn't mind him on that show because it was a good way to kind of introduce him, and then he kind of turned that character into, you know, I got top dollar for this merchandise, so that's why I'm top dollar now. So I, I liked it. It was pretty good. But um, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't watched them enough to really be like, Yay or nay, either way. Um, <laughs> yeah or nay. I, 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 my only fear is, you know, because Vince McMahon does not really care for factions that they're going to potentially get the sanity treatment. Because that was a big thing a few years back. If you remember, like, sanity got called up and everyone's like, oh, yeah, sanity's coming in. And then instantly it was just like member after member just getting picked off. And it was just like, well. Yeah. I never thought sanity was that cool to begin with, though, if I'm being honest. I didn't either, but, they, you, but people liked them. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I I think Hit Row has a has a better chance than Sanity of of being a good faction. So then round four, Naomi staying on SmackDown, which you know really interesting the storyline she has right now going on with Sonya Deville. I'm still kind of interested to see where that ends up. They basically Sonya Deville will not let Naomi wrestle for whatever reason. Um, so that's played out a couple of times. Ray and Dominic Mysterio both get drafted to Raw, which I thought was interesting. So they're going to continue that feud of, or the storyline of them basically, you know, probably leading to a match down the road between them, but over on Raw instead of on SmackDown. I, I heard the rumor was turning uh, Dominic like into like a heel, obviously, but like yeah. wearing a mask or whatever, like taking Ray's mask or something from him. I feel, like I feel like that's, it. I feel like that's where this is going to end eventually. Is Ray retiring and giving the mask to Dominic? You know what I mean? Like, well, I think, is it going to be a heartwarming moment, or is it going to be like him? Getting, I think it's him See, you know what's funny though is the way that the. What, wait, what did he say? I went, I, I went to move, and I slammed my hand on the bottom of the desk, and it fucking hurt. <laughs> I, just I just saw, saw your arm hair. flail. I, saw, I was like, "What was?" Yeah, that was me going like, "Ah, he's fuck!" Like, this. Is it going to be a ah? And camera <laughs> yeah. like this. I fucking because like right underneath my desk, there's a metal support bar, and that's what I hit my knuckles all on at once. So it did not feel great. Um, Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know the way that the storyline's playing out, though, it's it's more coming across that raise the heel than it does Dominic. Yeah, because he's like the the yeah. overbearing father. Yeah. So it almost it's almost playing out the other way. Now maybe maybe Dominic's the one that turns on him. But yeah, I don't know the way that the the way that they've kind of played it out is Ray kind of being a bit of a dick, honestly. So you he's know. like, stay in the back. I I want to do this myself. And then he comes out mid match and costs him the match. Right? So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we'll see where it goes. But yeah, so that that's definitely going. Jeff Hardy is going over to SmackDown. So new new opponents for Jeff Hardy. A lot of people already are 
kind of saying, oh, I want to see Jeff Hardy versus Roman, which I think would be would be interesting if we get that down the road, but who knows. And then another surprise at the end of round four, Austin Theory is drafted to Raw. Right, like I, has this guy just like getting passed around like no other. First, he got drafted up to the main roster. Then he went back to NXT and joined the way. And now he's back on the main roster again, like all within what a year's time. I don't think he was ever actually drafted to the main roster, though. I think he just came up during the pandemic era when they didn't have a mm-hmm. whole lot of people and they needed people to fill in because he had so many people off because they were afraid of getting sick. But he wasn't on NXT anymore at that point. Um, no, he wasn't. You're right. But he so also he also wasn't on, getting called it? He also wasn't really on NXT for that long before that happened exactly. either. That, which was yeah. even more surprising because they had just like started to like yeah. do stuff with him, and it was like, oh, now he's on Raw. But that's how and... that's how we ended up with with um, Angel Garza and some guys like that too, though during that era. So then talking talking smack happened, and we had a few changes there too. So uh, Raw they retained Akira Tozawa. Uh, the Alpha Academy actually is moving over to Raw. So Otis and Chad Gable are going to Raw. Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz are going over to Raw. Dewdrop staying on Raw. Drake Maverick is staying on Raw. John Morrison is staying. Nia Jax, even though she's supposed to be out for a period of time, is staying. Reggie, who's still the 24-7 champion, is staying. So basically, all the 24-7 champion guys are staying on Raw. Our truth is staying on Raw. Um, no, Jeff Hardy went to SmackDown. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, actually, the, the, the one the, he the was one, chasing the twenty four seven Actually, the, the one that was surprises me the is Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak ended up going back to SmackDown. So, um, he's a talented motherfucker, and he should be doing more than just being twenty four seven. I agree with you. Our truth stayed on Raw. Zelina Vega switched over to Raw, and T Bar stayed on Raw. Just T Bar. I mean, Slap Nuts is going just to T Bar. Uh, yeah. So SmackDown. Uh, they drafted Aaliyah from NXT. So Aaliyah has had a long journey in NXT. I don't know if you guys remember, there was a show on the net, the WWE Network. Like when the WWE Network first launched, there was a show on that called Proving Ground. Mm-hmm. And um, Aaliyah I was, was sad that it just never came back. Yeah, Aaliyah was actually starting out when Proving Ground aired. She's now finally getting on the main roster. As I mentioned, Drew Gulak, Mace from Mason T-Bar is now on SmackDown. Mansoor and Mustafa Ali both move over to SmackDown. So, like Kevin said, SmackDown got the steal of the draft and Mansoor. And they can reunite with uh, T Bar. Tony or t- t- I, <laughs> I was saying Tony. I was saying the name of the person, but Michael's favorite Tony Storm is now moving on to SmackDown as well. Good. She'll be on the good brand. Yeah. Well, I, my concern is though. Tegan Knox and fucking Shotzi are on SmackDown too, but you only see them in backstage segments shooting rockets at people and not actually in matches. So hopefully they. I don't get me wrong. I enjoy the segments of them shooting rockets at people because it's funny. Yeah. But yeah, it is kind of depressing. <clears throat> I think that the problem is just like SmackDown. I, well, the entire roster in general is just so stacked that they just can't get to everybody and keep the stories they have interesting. And the problem is SmackDown actually properly builds their stories, which makes it even harder. Riveting audio of, of him eating ice. I muted my microphone while I was eating the ice, so the audience. Oh, I know it was just the audience. Just sat here, sense waiting for you. I was going. <laughs> I was hoping that both of you would say something. 
said no. <laughs> the conversation <laughs> was over. Waiting for you to get to the next round. Or I, I was yeah. hoping Tevin would chime in with his two cents. No, nope, it's your show, Jason. Yeah, your <laughs> show. Your not my pig, not my farm. <laughs> anyway, so uh, is there any anybody that you're hoping to see move over to either Raw or SmackDown with the with the draft finishing up on Monday? I mean, Kevin Owens I, moving to AEW. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> AEW. Wow, <laughs> not what I was talking about. I mean, between oh. Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. Um, I mean, realistically, the only thing I'd want to change would I'd want to put Biggie on SmackDown, but then he can't be champion. So I'm, it's just, can, can we get can we get the New Day drafted back to Raw? Because I'm sorry, you reunite the fucking business and have the potential for this incredible like rivalry between them and the new day and then you're like hey fuck you new day's going to smackdown well you have that incredible rivalry potential over on smackdown too with the bloodline and you can't even yeah, get but that you, either yeah with literally two perfect opportunities to have some incredible matches and we can't get either of them it's uh i'm kind of shocked that roman didn't go to raw and biggie didn't go to smackdown yeah like, i'm not I was kind of surprised by that, too, because as bad as they want to try and get raw ratings up, but at the same time, what's that do to – if you don't have that, that main guy on, on SmackDown either, SmackDown I just on wanted, Fox. I wanted to fruit, Fox I pays more money than USA does. So. That's true. Very true. I, I just wanted the fruit roll-up belt back. You just wanted the universal yeah. title. It's the right. Blu-ray fruit roll-up, so it's not <laughs> yeah, that much different. Yeah. But it's blue. <laughs> yeah. Blue like Kevin Spalls. So, anyway <laughs> – you wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. For the viewers at home who are listening, that's because he cradles them in his hand. <laughs> yeah, over over the, the Skype screen here, the Discord yeah. screen. Uh, so anyway. I leave. Kevin just <laughs> pants and stands in front of the camera, and then Jason just cups his hands, and they pretend. This is getting far too weird. I think it's funny you- I think it's funny you think they even get to be in blue. They don't even fucking get fucking green. <laughs> so <laughs> you might want to check if they're turning green. <laughs> That's probably some sort of fungus. <laughs> moldy, moldy balls. Yeah. Oh. All right. Moth balls. That makes me think of because Daniel Bryan's new uh, nickname for Kenny Omega, Kenny No Balls. Yeah, Kenny No Balls. <laughs> All right. So anyway, moving on. Um, I, I'm trying to think of. I'd like to see. I'd like to see maybe Johnny Gargano get get called up and and be on one of the shows. I don't know. I just I want to see. What him. would you do with him on the main roster? I, but I like, feel like, wrong. What would you do on NXT? Yeah, I feel like he's like, done. I feel like he's done everything he can do on NXT, and I'd rather just see him get a chance to do something different. Now, if he's leaving though, what? if he's leaving though, he, then that's that that's the thing. I mean, yeah, he's showing a different side of his character, but. I mean, at this point, he's he's sneaking into Dexter Loomis's hotel room, and <laughs> I don't care what you say. That was fucking funny. It was That's funny. Awesome. It was funny. It was, but at the same time, though, like I'm just ready to see Gargano be in a different spotlight. I guess for me. Well, you know what that spotlight is? It's on Wednesday's nights. Oh my god, dude! AEW can't sign right everybody. Now? They can't. They're, they don't have enough bet? TV time to Tony sign Khan everybody. Tony Khan has more fuck you money from his daddy than Vince. It's not Man about does. the money. It's about the time. Like, how are they going to get time for all these fucking guys? They've already They've got enough YouTube channels. God damn! All right, sorry, Kevin. What were you saying? I just I agree with Mike. What, what would you do what, right now? You're booking Raw or SmackDown, Jason. What What do you do? Got a Garcano? I don't know, man. I I that's exactly. not that's not my job, though. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I'm not a booker. 
It's not a bad job, but we do it every pay per view. No, I, 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 I think, I think, I think Johnny Gargano could fill that Daniel Bryan gap. He he has that level of connection with the fans that he can get over organically like Daniel Bryan and be able to be that that top baby face. He has that ability. He showed it in NXT. He has that level of he has that level of just uh, has that like it factor that connection with the fans. So I, I think I think he can do that. So I, they don't want a tiny guy to be the the top baby face. But, but, but they they want to make money. So if it's a guy that can make you money and be that top draw, then who cares who it is and what? Say they're the most profitable they've been in in years. So I'm just I'm just saying. Like I I would like to see, I I could see him in that role. So maybe maybe them losing Brian is an opportunity for for somebody like Johnny to step up into that role. So. There, I booked it. There you go. He's a new Daniel Bryan. Poorly, but you tried. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not watching. I'm just saying, you pigeonholed him into someone else's spot. <laughs> that's not a very, that's, that is the most WWE booking I've ever heard. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I'm the same not... size as Daniel Bryan. You were the same kind of boots. <laughs> you're tiny. You have, you have yeah. like a, a finishing your name, move, like that's a that's submission is, lock. Yeah, you're not Johnny Gargano. You're David Branson. <laughs> Let's let's just put you in a white Brain t-shirt. Wilson. Let's put you on a yeah. let's put you in a white t-shirt and get you on TV. Yeah. So you have to be you have to be you have to be vegetarian. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Yeah, not vegan but vegetarian. Yes. You can you, you can still have eggs <laughs> and milk. And you have to make sure you talk about that and so fish. people know there's a difference. <laughs> yes. Oh god. All right, anyway, I, I feel like I feel like we're just Maybe. completely losing Maybe. track of the show. Maybe. All right, do you want to talk about Dark Side of the Ring before Kevin gives us our challenge so we can move on? Did we already talk about Rampage? Oh, no, yeah, tell me about Rampage. <laughs> I missed Rampage, that's why I forgot about it. So tell me about Rampage. Yeah. What happened? Well, first thought, like I guess really the only thing that I can go on mute note. Oh, uh I think the most noticeable notable thing is is Daniel Bar- uh, Brian Danielson <laughs> versus I'm just fucking saying, like, Matt Jackson. Just saying, nice. that, that match was incredible. Like when he's sitting there in the rest count and he's like, I have till five. Like, yeah, that, that shit was back. fucking like, awesome. Oh, man. That, and then like it ends. He, he wins. And then like the elite rush the ring and, and all that stuff. And then, of course, you know, Christian and Luchasaurus and all them come down like that. That. Was it, Friday, was it Friday they had a sign that said we miss Hangman? Did you see that? I don't remember. I, I can't remember if it was Wednesday or Friday, but they I think the, the, the thing is, isn't Rampage taped right after Dynamite? Yeah, yeah. The same yeah. so yeah, it, yeah. it probably could have been both. Yeah, it probably could have okay. been both. But they had a sign that said we miss Hangman. I thought that was funny. Yeah. And and I, I remember seeing that match advertised, so I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. I just I just oh, yeah. had it was, time it was too, but yeah. damn near as good as fucking Omega versus. Uh, nice. Mm-hmm. nice, nice, nice. He's just Brian's just working. It's like he's working the style he wants to work. You know what I mean? Like so, he's just you're seeing like like really how good he is. Yeah, and you're seeing there's new limitations because no no one's yeah no one's putting kid gloves on him. Everyone like he's actually able to do what he wants. Like even in, in an interview. That like when he signed, like he and Tony were talking. He's like, "So what do you want me to do?" And Tony's like, "I don't know. What do you want to do?" And he's just like, "Oh, this is a new feeling." <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I, I more, uh, I, I can't get enough of 
Brian Danielson. I he's good right? no matter where he's at. I mean the guy is just he's he's super genuine. He's he's awesome in the ring and I but like well, like <laughs> Mike said when he was doing this spot and mm-hmm. he said I had to five like that's such a heel thing to do yeah but it's just such great like psychology like ring psychology of that shit like it just and you're like oh my god that's fucking awesome and they're gonna, you're not gonna think oh my god that's a heelish thing to do but then, like you don't going, see that going back to to Wednesday though like he's got such a great connection with the fans that like he made some sort of like joke about, you know, like, Oh, you don't have the balls to give me a rematch or something like that. And then like the fans started chanting, no balls, no balls. And you can see him like sitting their wheels turning as he's like looking at the fans and listening. And that's when he was just like, I present to you, Kenny, no balls, Omega. And he like just ran with it. Like he knows like what to do in every situation. Yeah. Without a doubt. He definitely does. I mean, he's he and he and part of that's his experience with WWE and he's been through it. Like he knows how crowd reactions work and how people can pick up on things. I mean, you you watch how many how many how many chants just started because the rock heard, the rock said something and then got the crowd oh, yeah. to say it. And then it just became a thing. You know, that's that's so cold of what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or even Daniel with. Yes. Yeah. The yes and no. And my, my, favorite, my favorite impromptu one of the rocks is when he was in the room with McMahon one time. He said, "Okay, this side of the arena is going to chant you are, and then this side of the arena is going to chant an asshole.' Ready? <laughs> yeah. and then, like in like in unison, you are an asshole. <laughs> like just great. Yeah, I mean, it, guys that can play the crowd like that are one. They they don't come eat like they're. It takes a special person to be able to do that because not everybody can get away with that. Not everybody has that level of connection with the crowd. And I don't think I don't think a lot of guys have that confidence. And and I kinda yeah. I, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago how WWE doesn't have that audience participation as much. Now you got guys like the New Day that do. You know, you got the New mm-hmm. Day Rocks and stuff like that. And and also during the Becky and Bianca match at Extreme Rules, I mean it was it was palpable the let's go Becky EST chance and everything like that. But during a promo, though, to take something you say or take something that the crowd pops on and be able to flip it into a catchphrase or a saying, I, I, there's not there's not too many guys that have the confidence, I think, to do that now. And th- yeah. that's that's kind of the sad thing where, you know, guys like The Rock and, and, and that, they didn't give a shit. They're just like, yeah, we'll throw whatever at the wall and see what sticks. Oh, yeah. But it seems Even anymore. Cena, like, you can't see me. He wasn't supposed yeah, to be anything. It was exactly. literally just an inside joke with his, like, buddy and – Look at it now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just you know not guys not having that. I don't want to say desire, but maybe that comfort level to like be mm-hmm. able to do that. Maybe because the, maybe in their head they're thinking, well, there's nothing that I could say that would be any bigger than what that was. And I, maybe mm-hmm. it's an intimidation factor. Like, okay, I'll never get this over. Jericho will still do it. I mean, hell, he got. Um, a fucking list. Well, he got the list over. He got the little bit of a bubbly. He got the wiener chant. He got a wiener over one night. You know, like that. Jericho will still do it, but there's not a lot of guys that will take that risk because yeah. they're, they're maybe I don't know if maybe they're afraid or they don't think it'll live up or you know whatever. But I, I think that's, that's if, what, if I was going to do something that was potentially like a little weird or a little ridiculous, last thing you want is to be the guy who that falls on its face. Yeah. So like I, I I can feel for him in that aspect because like if anyone else would have done the wiener thing, I don't think it would have went as well as it did for Jericho. Who throws a wiener? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> a wiener in the ring. <laughs> 
No, you're right. I about that. You're, you're right. But at the same time, though, like I feel like if you're in that position, you got to take those chances because oh, if, yeah. you, if you want to live, you know, Damian Priest always talks about he's the archer of infamy. He wants his name to live forever. Well, if you want your name to live forever, that's the type of thing that you need to do. You have to have a stamp on that name like a, a chant or a, a, fr- a catchphrase or something like that. Like you smell what the rock is cooking. That is the weirdest fucking phrase ever, but it got over yeah, and it became I mean, that, I mean, pop that's culture. That's like he's taking it. He's taking a shit. Right. He's just like, you smell that? <laughs> I smell like, what the rock like, is cooking. Smells like shit, but I'll eat some anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, there's just there's so many so many organic things have come out of that. So kudos to Brian for for being able to to still to still have yeah. that that mentality and, and go for it like that. But anything else happened on Rampage that I missed other than that match? been crazy like that was yeah. the, honestly that match was the best part of rampage and the only part that was like really like need to talk about it yeah yeah they had the hair versus hair match but that I orange cassidy won you, you figure orange cassidy was gonna win he was gonna mm-hmm. not cut this hair but yeah i mean back to one being an hour show there was only a few matches so um yeah, yeah. that's all that happened i felt like their matches didn't flow the same as they did the last couple of weeks you know, from start to finish, it didn't that the show didn't have the same energy, and maybe that has a lot to do with the fact that I, I think you can really tell a palpable difference in the crowd when they when the shows are different nights, when the when the, when each show is live, and when they try to tape all the shows in one night. I mm-hmm. I think you can really tell a difference in the crowd energy because I, I don't think they have the same level of energy. With, with with that long ass taping, it's almost kind of like yeah. WrestleMania, WrestleMania when it was all one night and it was a seven hour show, and by the end of it, the audience was just like, oh, "I'm ready for bed." You know, like I feel like that that tends to happen now that they're they're tape whenever they tape all the shows all together. I agree. It, it's definitely yeah. like that fatigue that really drains it out of the the audience and out of the sleepy co-host. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right, so Dark Side of the Ring. You guys want to talk a little bit about that? I thought it was an interesting episode. Nobody got canceled, I don't think. Um, we definitely yeah. got to learn a little bit about FMW and kind of everything <clears> that, <throat> that went into that. Some of the stuff I, I'd heard some of the stories before, but again, kind of like most, they, they definitely elaborated on a lot more and showed a lot more footage. Um, you know, I, I thought, I think the whole mentality of the deathmatch wrestling still is just fucking crazy to me. Like, it's it's not necessarily my cup of tea, but I, 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 did, I did catch, though, how... I didn't realize that the ending of Moxley and Omega was almost a throwback to the mm-hmm. original ending of the first oh, yeah. like the, uh, exploding ring match. Except for, you know, yeah. that ring actually exploded. Yeah, except for the, yeah. the explosion was that a lot one better. The, that one blew the fuck up, yeah. That's what, yeah, they got that whole thing from that, but... Yeah. yeah. So a nice little homage or throwback. I thought yeah, Mick Foley uh, offered some good insights. I think Sabu was actually a lot of fun to hear from. You don't hear him talk a lot, so to hear him talk about some of the stuff that he did, he was still very matter of fact to the point. Like he didn't, uh-huh. he didn't really, he didn't really elaborate too much or get too in detail. But you know, he definitely, he definitely said what he had to say. Uh, Terry Funk talking about the payoffs, but still wanting to work there was kind of funny yeah. too. <laughs> Getting stuck also, on the payoffs. Can we just acknowledge the fact that uh, for the first like ten minutes of the episode, when they're every time they went to 
uh, McFoley and he started talking about like all the how extreme it was that it, it looked like he was slowly just getting more and more hard because like the look on his face he was just like oh yeah it was fucking great <laughs> I, I, I also like what they did with this episode they did the back you know how they do the opening graphic and it's the ring pan into dark side of the ring but they had the exploding barbed wire oh, in the yeah. background and yeah, stuff yeah, I yeah. thought that was really cool yeah that was cool uh, I, and it seemed like the episode just kind of got kick started I don't know like it just seemed like the, the episode started really fast for, for whatever oh yeah reason. there was no slow burn it just yeah, jumped, right, it into jumped it. right into the story and, well, and, and then Jericho had talked about on the uh, sneak peek for the rest of season 3 and he said that the interview with Monita and like Jericho was there for that. I, I don't know if Ed, Jer- I think Jericho was actually interviewing Onita. And when it, they were talking about that promoter that killed himself or whatever, mm-hmm. and basically it was like, oh, well, it's kind of his. And he just, and Jericho's like, here he is. He lights up a cigarette and he's like, oh my God, this dude, like, like no remorse for the guy, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, not at all. But I mean, I mean, but at the same time, though, <laughs> yeah. And but at the same time, though, it was it was almost kind of like you don't have remorse for him because he he borrowed a bunch of money from people he shouldn't have, and then him killing himself doesn't absolve that debt. They still are coming yeah. after the guy's family and taking that the yeah, house and everything. You know, it's hard to have remorse for that when you hear his daughter talk about that how she basically lost everything. She couldn't go yeah, back no to the house photos, to get nothing, anything. Yeah. Like it was just all taken from yeah. her. Like that's that's fucked up, man. Like. <laughs> That's real fucked up, you know. So all the money that they got from his death benefits all went to the to the mob at the mob, Yakuza, yeah. and and then they also lost their house to them as well. And that's the only thing that exolved that debt. So him killing him killing himself didn't 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 matter in that case. Yeah. Maybe if he would have been yeah. a man and maybe maybe took it took it from them that it would have saved his family a little bit. But who knows? Well, he probably figured he was gonna be dead too anyway. Obviously, yeah. And- he didn't fucking. That just showed you he didn't do, care two fucking shits about. Yeah, I mean it's definitely anything. Different, different mind state in in that than that part of the country than here when it mm-hmm. comes to stuff like that. But yeah, I mean it's it, some of the stories on that were definitely a little rough. I I think that they I, I think that they maybe held back a little bit talking too much about the yakuza for fear that the story's not that old. So there's probably still a lot of people that are alive that that were a part of that story you know other than the people that were interviewed so i feel like maybe they they kind of held back and just just went very general with that for fear mm-hmm. of possible retaliation and stuff like that so yeah. you know maybe we didn't even get the full story to what this could have been you know but it still told a pretty interesting story kevin i know you you were the first one of us to watch it and you were pretty you're you're pretty taken in by it what what do you think um you know and i I kind of, you know, I agree with Mike as far as um, when, I, when I talked about how it was kind of graphic, I guess the Nick Gage episode was graphic, I, I think, at points. Um, New points. Jack, well, I mean, to me, more than anything, we, we, we literally but, saw him die and get helicoptered away. We saw yes. him pizza cutter multiple people's faces and then stab David Arquette in the throat. I don't think you can get much more graphic on a regular basis in an episode. Than yeah. That. Yes. That. I will agree when he was bleeding out and he actually died, that was probably one of the hardest things to watch. Um, for me, the point when Hayabusa gets paralyzed and I've seen that on Botchamania before. Um, yeah, that, that's a good point. It, it, that is pretty fucking brutal. It, it, in the opening riff, they don't show it. 
him doing it, but I see the like him going back, and I was like, oh fuck, I remember seeing that. So like when I got to that part in the show, I had like fast forward because I could not see like that was just. And you you think about like somebody like Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. who's, a, who's a part of this. He does that all the fucking mm-hmm. time. Um, man, like, yeah, just just some of the other parts, you know, like the, the I've never seen that that part where the <clears throat> that one girl takes that huge ass fucking fireball, mm-hmm. and they show the up close photos of her Peeling fucking her, like, her shirt skin. off her skin. Yeah, you can see like the fucking muscles and stuff in in her arm and shit. Like that was pretty. Uh, that was pretty crazy. I mean, some of the other stuff, like them, you know, hitting the barbed wire and stuff and exploding in the race, well, that wasn't so bad or anything. But it was just the the Hayabusa spot and then like that big fucking fire, and the fire match too with Sabu. Yeah, and Sheik. Yeah, like yeah, I've I've seen that. I've seen Sheik talk about that, but I just heard him saying like right in the middle. I said you you couldn't breathe because all the oxygen was like gone. Yeah. yeah, and he's like he's like he's like watch right here and here I go and. He, Ten seconds into, it, he's like, "Fuck this, I'm out of here." Yeah. But the fact that they were still fighting and stuff in there, but I guess they couldn't hear. They didn't know. I mean, they they thought they thought. Remember, they said the episode. They thought Sheik was dead. Yeah. yeah. He, he's still like, out there. They were like, "Oh, we got, we left him in there. We can't get to him." So. And when Sabu yeah. was talking about pouring the water on him and the skin like peeling off of his yeah. back, like, oh man, that's this is brutal. Yeah, and his uncle was pissed at him too. We're fucking yeah. like, I get I remember him saying that his uncle was really fucking pissed at him. So. Yeah, um, yeah, it's interesting. Next week should be a good episode with uh, Bruiser Bedlam. Oh yeah, okay. It'd be interesting. So, something I don't really know a lot about. Yeah. I mean, well, their first Bruiser story was really good with Bruiser Brody, so we'll see what the Bruiser Bedlam and Jericho has actually talked about this one a lot because I guess he roomed with him when he was first coming up, and he knows. Yeah, he knows him really. Mountain. Yeah, he knows him really well, and but he. Jericho said that he doesn't even really know the whole story of what what actually happened to him and like what you know what he got. Yeah, because he talked because so. he said like he's like a really nice guy, like he's always like good kids and stuff and charities or something. But like he, I, I think this has this one's gonna have something to do with like split personalities or something like that. Or yeah, maybe that'd be interesting. Yeah, be double interesting. life shit. So and give us something to talk about next week because um, outside of the draft, I don't know of anything else big going on. There's no big pay per views, big shows coming up or anything like that. The Saudi show is not for a couple of weeks. So um, yeah, we'll look forward to that. So anything else before we wrap things up? Oh, Ch- Kevin, your challenge for us. What's our yeah. what's our number one contender oh, challenge? All right. So next week, Jason and Mike will compete in a number one contenders match for <clears throat> my live and worldwide gimmick championship. So Mike and Jason, and we're going to need to do the whole, we're going to need post this to YouTube type thing again, Twitter. Okay. You two are going to cut a promo on each other. <laughs> okay. All right. And I'm going to give you 45 seconds each. All right. As to who and why you should be challenging me for this, all right. And whoever cuts the best, and it, I don't want—I don't want some kind of like you know bullshit typical wrestling promo. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Bullshit, like something creative, something that's going to draw people in, something that's going to get them to want to vote for you. All right, so that's your guys' challenge. I know you guys love shitting on each other. Well. Pucker up next week. <laughs> Pucker up. 
don't know. Yeah, pucker up, somebody shit down your throat. Pucker up. Okay, interesting. All right, so cut a pro. So I can't start the promo, but let me tell you something, dude. Oh, you can can do whatever. (laughs) I just say that, like, that's, you know. I mean, yeah, he's not the one who's getting the. So let me me ask you a question. Are we going to take maybe some, like, a, a classic promo and rework it for. For for each other, or we just is this gonna be a complete? I mean, he, like, he literally he just, just said he wants you to come up with something that's really gonna like get people going. Okay, so I feel like just copying something else. Like, I guess you could be that one trick pony. Well, I mean, you you would have just you would have just stolen the pipe bomb anyway. So, I mean, I figure that's just what mine's gonna I mean, be. As you lie there uncomfortable. I, I, I mean, As you I sit could... in your chair, late to fucking record, like always, <laughs> chewing on your I mean, ice on you mute. Guys, if you guys want me to, I could give you each a wrestler to go off of, and that's who I want you to cut your promo as. I feel like that just sounds worse. Nah, that's fine. We can, we can okay. I mean, we're already <laughs> having to cope with the fact that, well, Jason didn't defend his title regularly. You don't want to defend it against both of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we didn't really have any rules or parameters set up on title defenses other than that you guys were going to challenge me and nobody ever challenged me. So then I decided to put the title up myself and then I get shit on for defending the title when I never defended the title because nobody ever well, challenged me it, for it. It seemed like it was going to be something where it was going to be put up every pay-per-view when we do our predictions. No, we never talked then- about that. Never once did we talk about that. Never once. We never set that as a parameter. It was originally set up to where... Whoever was not the champion was gonna have to come up with like a, you know, like basically if you lost, if Kevin lost the, it, he'll have to come up with something for me and you, and that never happened. Mike, you imagine you imagine Jason at night on nights before we know we were gonna record, and he's sitting there like this. He's like, I hope they don't say anything tonight. Don't say anything tonight. Don't say anything. That thing has been velcroed to my wall since the day I brought it home, oh, okay. and it hasn't left other than when I pulled it down to show you guys. <laughs> a couple of people have asked about it, though. When, when people come over, like, oh, that's cool. Let me see that, and I'll pull it down and show people. But that's about it. Yeah. He's just like, you can look, but you can't touch. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I'd be like, okay, Jason, you had to cut a promo on Mike as Brie Bella. <laughs> <laughs> And Mike, you have to be, um, let's see, you have to be the Iron Sheik. <laughs> you just have to cut a completely incoherent promo. Like, you, you, you stupid fucking jabroni. Yep. I fuck your ass. You like a shit on your face. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, that's what's going to be what I'm going to do for 45 seconds anyway. Just about the terrible, terrible impression. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. It got a little weird there at the end, but it wouldn't be our podcast if it didn't. Um, join us on the conversation on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram, at Live Your Gimmick. Again, you that's... You're choking on ice again? I lost mid-fucking sentence. I was just trying to figure out how to transition out of this. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the, the account is at the at symbol followed by L-I-V... Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. That's Live Your Gimmick. That's at Live Your Gimmick. So follow us on our social media accounts. Interact with us on Twitter. I will say, I commented on somebody's uh, tweet um, about Extreme Rules, and we have gotten the most interaction out of any of our tweets. It's been viewed something like 21,000 times. It's been commented and liked and everything. I, Kevin, you, you probably don't know about this, but somebody posted um, where it looked like uh, – 
it looked like a cameraman cut the rope on Finn Balor when he was standing up there. You could see it in the smoke, and I was I con- yeah, you, you sent me you sent me you called me. And oh yeah, I told okay, that's right. I told you about it. Yeah. So you know, and, and you know, I was like, I was there. How did I not? How did I not uh, fucking see that? So then I zoomed in on it, and then I posted my own video. And uh, in the video, you hear my my daughter go, "No, what happened?" <laughs> so uh, that's gotten a lot of love on Twitter as well. A lot of people got a kick out of out of her saying that. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for everybody interacting with that. Again, it wasn't my tweet to begin with, though. I just commented on somebody else's. But that that original tweet got picked up by Ringside News, and somebody wrote an actual article about it. So. That tweet actually got a shit ton of traffic, and I, you know, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't know the name of the person that initially tweeted it. But, um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Coattails and not even be able. Yeah, we're just we're just gonna keep riding it. No, we're not. We're we're the ones who who get acknowledged, not the not the other, not the other way around. Acknowledge us. We follow. Oh, no. We follow protocol. The, the, <laughs> the sing a theme song diss track got like fifteen votes, and this uh, video of Finn Balor falling off the top rope got like twenty one thousand views. Yeah. So crazy, right? Who's acknowledging who? <laughs> but at the same time, though, that video was in the feed and not a link that you had to click on to go to. So we'll have to. I I can't do both. And, I can't and, put it as a poll. And for, the, and for the record, Jason. Is the one who uh, retweeted Dana Brooke saying how she's going to be on SmackDown. Mike and I could care less. So I just want to. I retweeted. I forgot she was still on the roster. Wait, I, I retweeted <laughs> her saying she was going to be on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't recall that. Did you or did he or are you just kayfabe in it because throwbacks to <laughs> him him getting free tickets and and putting her over? Uh, Good talk. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's close up right. the show. Mike, what you got going on? <laughs> yeah, Mike, go ahead and go, go ahead and put your go ahead and put your plug in. Yeah, so you, let me plug you something, brother. So look out for the thermos. Head theme. over to, to youtube.com forward slash modern toy fair. You check out our weekly reviews and you can also check out our new show, Toy Therapy, here in a few weeks' time. You'll even get to see the sorry uh forgettable man above me i guess he's, you can't tell he's above me because this is audio only but you can see jason uh get interviewed on toy therapy showing off all of his wrestling toys uh, along with other people in the collecting community uh of course follow instagram twitter at modern toy fair twitch.tv forward slash modern toy fair for weekly purchases every wednesday at 10 p.m eastern time and go to tplook.com search modern toy fair gimmick minute or why you're a gamer to get shirts with our logos on them along with other stuff like the bukaki warriors and the the rockstay and bebops knuckle sandwich shop and whatever other fucking stupid shit i've put up there we start off. Well, Jason continues the ice. <laughs> we start off last last week's show talking about you and your your type. I started plugging. Oh it. yeah, I was I was, I was putting, yeah we were putting you over yeah crazy. We, we started putting Jason. Good. <laughs> we started putting your, your shit over, and I was like, why the fuck are we talking about him? He's not even here this week. Shut it down. Oh yeah, I went through the whole spiel. I was like, you know, search uh, go to tpublic.com, search all the personalities, search. Gimmick minute and find this. Da, 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 and Jason's like, oh yeah, yeah, I got a link there for everything. But wait a second, he's not on the fucking. Oh, show. it's because there, there was a sale going on because Kevin started off talking uh, about yeah. how he was going to go and buy oh, that I one shirt because he almost bought it because it was on sale, but he didn't buy it. <laughs> I didn't I didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. <laughs> he was too afraid to pull the trigger. Yeah. <laughs> he was too afraid to pull the trigger. Yeah. 
Oh, God. All right, cool. Well, hey, uh, that wraps up this episode of the show. For Michael, for Kevin, I am Jason. Reminding you smarts out there to pull out your gun and blast somebody in the head and always love your gimmick. Goodbye, and, and, and take a dump on their chest. What the fuck? Cut their, <laughs> cut their balls.